Hello, hello, and welcome back to How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom, the podcast. Thank you for joining me again this week. I am Lindsay Blair, and I hope you're enjoying series two of this very podcast brought to you by these3rooms.com. As usual, I am going to be joined by a lovely expert this week to talk all things kitchen storage. And quite honestly, I think I could talk kitchen storage until the cows come home. I love nothing more than a good organization session. And there's a level of joy found in decanting things into storage doors that I just simply cannot explain. Yep, it's sad, but it's true. I love it. When thinking about storage in your kitchen, I really think it can make or break a design. And when you really think about it, so much of an actual kitchen is storage. But this week, I am asking, can you ever have enough storage in your kitchen? So this episode, I'll be asking my guests exactly that, but also hope to find out the secrets to kitchen storage success, how to get it right for you, whether the trend for open shelving is actually practical, and crucially, now this is a big one, should you always have a drawer that's designated for all of that stuff that everyone has in their kitchen, takeaway menus, spare batteries, spare keys, all of that stuff, should you designate a place in your kitchen for that stuff? I'm going to call it the dad drawer, although answers on a postcard, please, of what you're calling it. And let's find out what um, my guest this week has to say about that and lots more. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly Roden, who is the co-founder of Meliora Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms in Doncaster. Hi, Kelly. How are you doing? Hi, Lindsay. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. Thank you very much. Now, I've been having a snoop around your website this morning for a bit of inspiration because today we are talking kitchen storage. So I thought, let's have a look at the kitchens and the storage in them, the ones that you've designed. And actually, we worked together recently, didn't we, on a great project, a great case study, which was Helen Skelton's kitchen, which you designed, didn't you? We did. Yeah, we spent quite a lot of time with Helen getting that right for them as a family, which is kind of at the heart of everything we do with kitchen design with our our clients so really making it work for them especially from a storage perspective such a beautiful space featured in kbb magazine and on these three rooms.com so people can check it out and as luck would have it as you just mentioned so many storage ideas now one thing that really stood out to me storage wise was there's a lovely little bonquette seat at the end of the kitchen run and it's got drawers underneath so not only is it a nice place to perch and have your cup of tea but you can stash all your magazines or toys or whatever in there as well absolutely and that was something for Helen that she really wanted was that seat she had something similar growing up next to the family arga um, and with them putting a, a range cooker in she wanted to try and recreate that feel in her own home and for me storage is is key wherever I can squeeze it in so getting a drawer in there for them with two young boys and a new baby now as well just having that accessible just off the living area as well just felt like a really good opportunity to squeeze another bit of storage in there for them. So, yeah, really, really pleased with that little extra detail on that. Really great. And I also spotted there's a dreamy breakfast cupboard, which we'll come on to as well, because <laughs> uh, they are all the rage. Absolutely. Uh, to start, what I want to know from you is, is it possible to ever have enough storage? I don't think so. We tend to fill it when we have it. So I think it's finding a balance. Obviously, there's a great Swedish 
furniture and storage company that have done great out of storage solutions and built a business on it. But I think sometimes we can possibly have a little bit too much and we find a lot of stuff that we can cram into these spaces. So I think storage that works and our solutions to problems rather than just being there for the sake of it is really important, especially in a kitchen. We'll come on to more about, you know, what you should do in terms of getting storage right and how you maybe assess what you need storage for. But as you say, if there is too much storage, we do have a tendency, don't we, to stash things away, never to be seen again. So is decluttering a part of getting storage right, do you think? I think when you're doing a new kitchen and you get to clear out the previous one, it's a really good opportunity to have a look at the things that you've not used for a long time or, you know, all the spices that you find in the back of the cupboard from 1999. Just to really look at everything that you've got and maybe pair it back a little bit, but also kind of put things in place that make life easier too. So it's a really good opportunity to kind of have the time. You know, you've got probably three weeks of no kitchen on the whole these days as a minimum. So you've got time to really go through those things and look at what you do and don't need going forward. I imagine most of the homeowners you work with on their kitchens, storage is one of the main factors they sort of come to you with in with their brief. Is storage one of the things that you know, is often top of the list. It's generally a frustration of some description. So as much as focusing on what a customer does want from a new kitchen, we do ask what they don't like about the previous one as well. Um, and it is usually some sort of archaic pull-out mechanism or plastic corner thing that just doesn't work and hasn't worked for years or too many cupboards, not enough drawers, or they've had all drawer line in the past. So we do go through a range of problems to try and create solutions for them um, with the new kitchen and not have those same frustrations because there's nothing worse for a kitchen designer than the kitchen going in and a customer going, I just wish we'd thought of X, Y and Z. We spend so much time trying to get it right for them, definitely in the independent sector anyway. Finding out what was a problem previously and trying to find a, a solution for that is definitely the way that we try to work now. What are the most common complaints that you come across from people that you do work with? Generally, the cupboards that become caves, everything's shoved to the back. They've not seen, like I said, the spices from 1999, the slow cooker that they forgot they owned. Things like that that got shoved into the back of corner cupboards and the bottom of larders that nobody ever bends down to get to. So just really trying to make storage accessible, I think, is the key now. People wanting things visual or pulling out or utilising storage in a different way to what they've had previously and getting rid of those objections and problems that they've had. If we start at the very beginning, very good place to start, arguably the kitchen is mainly storage. Now, I might be saying sort of the cardinal sin to a kitchen designer here, but if you take away the appliances, the sink, the tap, all of those fixtures and fittings, what you're left with essentially is cupboards and drawers, aren't you? So if I'm planning my new kitchen or anyone listening is planning their new kitchen, where should you start when thinking about getting that storage right? I think we we do always start with appliances because they're the thing that people tend to interact with more on a day-to-day basis and they're the things that people want to upgrade or change from what they've had previously. So going to an induction hub or a boiling water tap and then I think that leads us onto a, a layout situation as well. So then we, we're looking at the storage then. So we, we've got appliances kind of in place and we know that they want a lot of fridge and a lot of freezer, which obviously takes up quite a lot of space in a kitchen because that's the new thing that everybody seems to want over in like an American style fridge freezer. 
So once we've kind of got those positioned, we're looking at how we fit the storage around those appliances. And again, it's using your your appliances as a basis, but then what do you want from your storage and how are you going to utilise the space around those things? So obviously you don't need your mugs above your kettle if you put in a boiling water tap in so that wall units become a little bit redundant. And so then the storage is what do we want to do with it and how do we want it to function for you? What are your frustrations at the minute? So larder storage, like you said, the breakfast pantry cupboard is a massive wish list. It's high up there on the wish list at the minute. It's the first thing people tend to you know, mention to us at the minute. And again, it's how they want that to function for them. Do they want the kids to be able to access it themselves, get their own breakfast on the morning? Why do they want it? And then we work as way back from there. And, you know, do you want some drawers underneath that? So you've got, you know, you can put the kids' snacks in there. And the gin bar, that's another massively popular option. <laughs> Lovely mirrored back, a lot of lighting. People are loving that as well because they want the kitchen to be a showpiece where they can socialise and it can be, a, you know, it's a massive part of an open plan space now usually as well. So the kitchen's got to be more than just function. It's also got to look great and be representative of them as a family and how they live in that space. We do tend to kind of use a lot more larder storage than I think we would have done in previous years. Wall units have definitely become less of a priority because obviously you can get a lot more in one big larder cabinet than you can in multiple wall units. But again, the style of the kitchen dictates what we do if they wanted something more traditional or more modern. So we don't really kind of pigeonhole ourselves to anything, but we do really try to kind of make the storage work for the customer. We've got young children at the minute and they're going to have, you know, they're going to have teenagers in a few years down the line. And will that kitchen still function for them with a growing family as well? So it's really important to get that right, I think. It's interesting that you mentioned function because obviously storage has to be functional and a kitchen by its nature has to be functional. Otherwise, it becomes frustrating to use. So it sort of goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Planning the storage goes hand in hand with planning the layout as well as how you envisage yourself within that space and what every area of the kitchen is going to function for. Is it useful to think about it in zones? You talk about the the appliances. So next to your oven, you probably want, you know, a cupboard for your baking trays or your pans and, you know, all your cookware. Whereas if you've got a home bar set up, you obviously need storage dedicated in that zone for glasses and drinkware. Is it useful to think about it like that? It is, definitely. And when you mentioned Helen's kitchen before, we put the breakfast pantry unit to the edge of the kitchen because then that made it accessible for everybody without them coming into the functioning part of the kitchen where the sink is, where the oven is. It kept everybody who would use that on a more regular basis, like the kids wanting to get snacks. It keeps them away from the working areas of the kitchen. And we're really keen on making sure that whoever's working in, you know, whoever does the cooking or whoever's doing the washing up, they're not kind of getting people walking into that space and really allowing them to kind of move easily without kind of bumping into each other and placing the bar stools that are obviously, again, another all important um, part of kitchen design these days, making sure everybody's sat in a space that keeps them out of the functioning part of the kitchen. So it is something we're very keen on as a company to make sure we get right for them, because like you said, those things that are little niggles at first when you, you know you've got your new kitchen and it's all singing all dancing but over time people start to it starts to grate and I think we've learned that massively with the two lockdowns that we've had and I think that's why the industry is massively booming because we've been living in these spaces that don't necessarily function that well and we've learned a lot about how we want to live in our homes. 
arguably storage has become even more important because of the multifunctional nature of our spaces now you mentioned bar stools I mean if you've got a seating area within your kitchen you might actually use that for home working on some days if you are working from home so thinking about where am I going to store my chargers and where am I going to put my paperwork so that everything has a place basically I guess that's the secret to good storage isn't it making sure that everything you have has its rightful place to keep that tidy look and that you know tidy mind at the end of the day let's face it it is and every time a customer comes into us now or a client makes an inquiry and we we get into the the nitty-gritty it's I need a drawer that will hold hats and I want a drawer for scarves and I want somewhere we can put shoes and even utility spaces, boot room, utilities have become a huge part of what people want now because they want all of that stuff away from the kitchen and away from, you know, the living spaces. And they're, they're, those alone are as big as kind of kitchens that we used to design probably 10, 15 years ago before open plan living became so huge. Um, so spaces that we don't even necessarily see in these open plan spaces are becoming as important pantries People want a little pantry space, you know, going back to kind of how houses were, you know, back in the day, um, where everything's visually accessible, you can see what you need, but it's not in the the open plan space, like you say, where where people are going to be interacting with each other. But for you, you're going into that space, you can see that you've got, you've got flour, you've got pasta, you've got these things, and you're not going out to the supermarket and buying more of something that you already have, which from a sustainability perspective and cost of everything going up is really quite important. And just having, like you said, a space to put chargers and laptops and anything like that, while the kids' tablets just out of the way, you know, plug sockets are really important to make sure, again, you can charge things up easily. You've not got wires trailing all over the room. We just had a great product released where you've got plugs in the back of a drawer. So you can put all these things within a drawer, plug them in and, you know, carry on with your day the the s-box um pop-up socket for islands you don't even know it's there until you press it and it pops up as much as they're not storage they do add to the ability to kind of make spaces work and we don't have to kind of factor them in as much as we used to because there's products readily available for us to use to make customers lives easier Making a list of everything that you have is is really useful, isn't it? And once you've done that declutter, having sort of a master list of the things that you have to store that you can then take to your kitchen designer is invaluable. Now, I have heard from designers in the past that you should get the tape measure out and measure the thing like tall bottles of olive oil or if you've got like a tagine pot or any large casserole dishes or cast iron pots, that sort of thing. You should actually measure them um, to tell your kitchen designer, I need space within my cupboards or drawers to make sure that this fits is that something that you do as well we do and it's absolutely key I've I've got a a casserole dish that I think has been handed down since my great grandma and I can't let it go I barely use it but it's just there and it's huge and it's heavy and it's weighty but I love it because it's got the family heritage we've all got something like that within our kitchen that you know we love but we don't necessarily use that often and we need to find a place for and just having that conversation and getting to know your client is something that's really key in that respect and we'll say to them right that's your design complete you're happy with it go away now and look at what you're going to use each cupboard for and really make sure that you know if we need to make some tweaks or add something in or take something away because you don't think you're going to use it this is the stage that we can do that and we can I don't know I can't speak for every kitchen company in the industry but you know we can make cupboards slightly deeper we can 
make drawboxes slightly deeper if we need to. We've got that ability as a company to be able to really make it personal to them. And, you know, if that specific casserole dish is not going to fit in a standard base cupboard, then we can make it slightly different for them to make it work. And we've, we've all got those little things in our kitchen that are really quite key to us. My sister has a huge pestle and mortar on the side in her kitchen. It's absolutely ginormous. I never use one. So we've all got little things that we do slightly differently to each other and just understanding your client and getting them to understand how they live in their space as well is really quite important to get that storage right for them. So if you've got a giant collection of crockery or you've got all the herbs and spices under the sun, tell your kitchen designer about it. I've just moved house and I've got a massive box of cookbooks and I've unpacked all the kitchen stuff and I have no place to put these cookbooks. So obviously that's something for me that I need to take into consideration if I'm not going to redesign the kitchen. Those cookbooks, I use them. I need somewhere to put them. So I'll tell my kitchen designer about that. Now, you give a few examples there. I want to know what's the sort of strangest thing that you've been asked to make allowances for, or not even strange, but, you know, something that sticks in your mind from a client. We've got two, actually. We had a bike, which it wanted to in a kitchen cupboard, um, which we did. We made a brilliant double like width larder unit that had specific bike hooks in and and we made that work and we had a treadmill which needed to be able to roll in and out of a larder cupboard um so again we had to do some tweaks to the doors and how we made those function but um and the depth of the unit again but yeah they're the, I think they're the two that really do <laughs> stick out a treadmill and a bike it's quite a heavy cycling area around here we've got lovely country lanes for cyclists to annoy your motorists on so there you know it's something that I think we'll come across more often than we'd like <laughs> No, I mean, it's great. I mean, it just shows that the design of the kitchen design and the possibilities are endless, aren't they, really? If you want something in your kitchen, although I'm not sure I'd be very good at having a treadmill in my kitchen because it'd be too close to the biscuit cupboard. It was right next to the American fridge freezer, which to me is oh, just God. a disaster. There's too much chocolate kept in my fridge for it to work. But Yeah, exactly. Now, let's talk about the types of storage that you can get because, you know, lots of, although I sort of flippantly say a kitchen is basically just cupboards and drawers, there are different types of things that you can can utilize within a design um now drawers are they better than cupboards what's your opinion i th- for me it's quality over quantity with drawers so thinking about the size of them and how you're going to use them the great under if you've got tall oven housings you know a couple of big chunky drawers underneath for keeping pans oven trays that kind of thing are always great um, i think i would rather have lesser really good quality drawers than a lot of lower quality drawers um so I think for me the mechanisms have got to be sound and they've they've got to function they've got to take the weight of what we're doing in them and then I think it's again it's talking to the the customer and getting them to really understand what they want to use them for and I think anything coming out towards you is always great anything you can see what you've got in there is brilliant but we have had a client recently say they don't want any drawers at all not even for cutlery so it's, you know, it's horses for courses with things like that. But I think none of us are getting any younger. So anything that can bring everything towards us is always great. <laughs> Drawers can be great because you're not sort of diving into the, especially on base units. Obviously, that's where you'd have drawers naturally anyway. But you're not sort of getting on your hands and knees and trying to find a tin of something in the back of the cupboard. No, not at all. And I think the Blum Space Tower, that is, is a great option for that, where you've got drawers within a larder unit and they all work off their own 
mechanism rather than something that's kind of one complete massive wirework mechanism which is a massive frustration for a lot of customers of ours that they've had those types of things and wouldn't want to have them again um, something like the space tower you've got individual drawers that you can pull out you're not pulling out the whole thing together it's not attached to the door and um, you've just got a stack of drawers up to kind of head height and then cupboards above uh, shelves above for anything else that you may need to store in that larder it's a brilliant solution to a you know problem that a lot of customers raise and it's drawers again that you know you, you can't ever go wrong with drawers <laughs> and then talking about the mechanisms there are so many mechanisms available aren't there from various different manufacturers the the pull outs the pull downs the corner units that you pull out what do you think about those are they useful or can they be a gimmick I think again it's quality so it's finding brands that are really good and I think most of us independent retailers would have a brand that we prefer for lots of reasons we we love the kidney bean shaped corner mechanisms. Everything comes out to you. You're not got stuff falling into the back of a cupboard that you're never going to see again. The pull down wall mechanisms are great from an accessibility perspective. But I, I think the larder mechanisms are the ones that we have to be really careful of. We don't tend to like things that are attached to doors. We like mechanisms that work on their own steam rather than relying on the cabinet to do a lot of the work or the door, because obviously that over time is just going to create problems with the, the furniture. Um, so if you've got a mechanism that works within its own function rather than relying on that, it does work a lot better. So we are keen on when we're selling anything like that, that it's right for the client and it's going to function. And we do show them examples and you can tell when somebody's walking around the showroom by their reactions to things, whether it's something that they'd even consider anyway or conversations that you have. But they're definitely not something to be scared of. There are some brilliant products out there on the market it's just finding them and finding the right ones for the customer. But that's where things like the space tower that I mentioned come in really handy because it's not a, a complete wirework mechanism that people have had bad experiences with. It's a whole different ball game. So they're, they're looking at it from a different perspective. They're not going, oh, it's just the same as something I've had before in a different way um, or a slightly better version because it's newer. It's something totally different, but giving them the similar type of storage that they want. Um, but we, we've got so much available to us now. It's really trying to find the right products and making sure the function for that client, which I think is really key. Yeah, I mean, going to the showroom is really, you know, any showroom, you know, go browsing down the, the high street, you know, find your independent kitchen retailers, go to the national chains, go to as many places as you possibly can to just get in the cupboards, basically. I love it when I'm going around kitchen showrooms, opening all the cupboards, opening all the drawers and pulling all these racks in and out just to actually get a feel for them, because that's the only way you're going to really understand the number of products available and also how they might help you because it's so personal isn't it and you mentioned accessibility before which is so important because you know if you are um a bit short if you're tall you know if you have mobility issues or you have um trouble reaching things you know anything really that's really personal to you the kitchen design and the storage you have in your kitchen can really be applied to you and your specific needs I mean the pull downs are great aren't they because if you are you know vertically challenged you can pull everything to you and the the storage can be placed at a height where it's accessible to you absolutely we've got one on display in our showroom and it's where we store the plates and um 
bowls that we use every day for our lunch and things. So I'm using that daily and I'm five foot ten. I don't need it from a height perspective. But to bring everything down to me and I can see what's on each individual shelf, as somebody who's very able-bodied and quite tall, it's not something I would necessarily pick for my own kitchen, but using it every day, I can see the value in it. And customers see it and they've never seen it before. And it's something quite unique and it's it's something you can retrofit as well. So if you did have your kitchen done and in time you thought, actually, I'm get you know, I've, I've got arthritis in my hands now or something's changed in your life. Most of these things can be retrofitted and added in time as long as your kitchen design is allowed for it within the cabinet space when they've had the kitchen manufactured. So again, the, the, most of these things can be added later um, if you're finding that, you know, your circumstances have changed as well, which I think is great. It's something that is really overlooked in that sense, being able to retrofit these things. But we, the pull-down ones are fantastic. And the space step where it's built into the plinth and, you know, you, you kick it and it comes out. Again, we, we had a client who was less than five foot tall recently um, had quite a small kitchen. And to be able to access her wall units was quite difficult for her. Um, so we, we have the steps built into the plinth for her that's added extra storage into quite a small space and giving her, you know, a step that helps her actually get into her wall units. So really taking into the client's actual physical build is really quite important. I had a client recently who was six foot seven. We, we made the island where he was going to be cooking because obviously hunching over to cook, that's going to cause problems with your back in time. So there's lots of things to consider when you're dealing with your client on an individual basis as well to really make sure that the kitchen is suitable. And we've got that available to us in the industry now. So there's no reason not to do it. And if you're, you know, if you're working on your own kitchen, tell your kitchen designer, you know, you know, I'm, I'm six foot seven or I'm worried about having something that's out of reach so that they take it into account. You know, it's very, very personal. And I often say, don't be worried if your kitchen designer starts asking you really random questions about you and your personal life. Yeah, we get to know all sorts about our clients and we, the, a lot of them become kind of part of the Meliora family, to be honest. You know, they pop in for a coffee and we get to see their children grow up. It, it's fantastic. But yeah, don't be afraid to share things and niggles that have irritated you over time. We've recently changed our kitchen and we didn't have a dishwasher in the previous design. We, I don't know why. It was ridiculous. But my, with me being a little bit taller and hunching over to wash pots, my lower back just started to ache horrendously. So the thing we've done this time is I've put a sink in that's not really big enough to wash pots in. So I'm not tempted to do it just to make life, you know, just sometimes to make things quicker or just not want to put the dishwasher on. We've got a dishwasher with a great eco mode and we use that. I've kind of designed it to make sure I use the dishwasher and I'm not putting myself through being in pain just to wash some pots. So even as when we do our own, we have to take these things into consideration and learn lessons the hard way sometimes ourselves. So when customers can be open and honest with us, it really does help because you can't really ever share too much in respect of those things. Yeah, you really get to know people. Now, we did mention wall units. um, And just briefly, I want to talk about, we're going to come on to some trends in kitchen storage because there's been a lot of sort of introductions in stylish storage over the last few years, if I can put it that way. Um, But wall units... They can be a bit of a point of contention, can't they? Because, yes, great for storage, generally speaking, if you need extra cupboard space. But having too many wall units can feel quite oppressive, can't it? It can. And I think, it come, again, it's something that really comes down to the style of kitchen. So if the traditional kitchens lend themselves to wall units quite happily. 
but using Helen's as an example, again, that space just didn't allow for wall units. We had two angled ceilings that just, it just wouldn't have worked. And it would have brought the space in quite heavily. And again, traditional kitchen. So we, we utilised some open shelving in there. But then we're doing a kitchen this week. It's starting and I've never we've never done as many wall units in one kitchen. They're, they're basically stacked on top of each other because the ceilings are so high. And that space really lent itself to wall units. So I really do think it comes down to the, the individual user. But I think we've moved away from, and I'm very glad of it, is basically putting a wall unit on every available space. And I think as designers, it kind of made us breathe a sigh of relief that we did <laughs> because you, you want spaces to feel open and to feel cleaner. And I think peppering of wall, all the walls with wall units just never does that. In place of those wall units, there's the trends that we can't ignore for open shelving. Now, let's talk a bit about open shelving because it looks great in many kitchens that I've seen. But there are cons to open shelving as well. So let's just run through why open shelving is great and potentially why it's not so great. I think with kitchens getting more open into our living spaces, obviously an open shelf allows it allows you to add some personal items to your kitchen to really dress it and make it look like it belongs to you. So you can add some beautiful glassware or crockery that you may have you know, kept and um, you can really curate a beautiful kind of shelfy that everybody loves on Instagram and put some really personal items on there and pictures and really make it something quite unique all of your cookbooks that you might have collected over the years like you've done obviously the biggest con to it is that obviously it's a little bit of a dust trap kitchens by and large you know they tend to be quite moist and greasy so the tendency would be that those things would build up dust quite quickly but they can look incredibly beautiful if done in the correct way. You can stack your crockery. You can really make them useful. But we get a real mixed reaction to open shelving. We've got customers who want them. They really want to put this gorgeous kind of shelf together and have these things accessible. And then we get others who are just like, no, I want everything hidden behind doors. I don't want to see any of it. So I think it's a very personal thing. We've had an open shelf in our kitchen. I love it. I dress it with all sorts of different things. But inevitably, when I've done a shop, and I come back with the, the, the food shopping, bits and pieces will sneak onto there, bits of post will. And after a few days, it just tends to start, I have to like clear it off and start again. Got to be quite disciplined, haven't you, with keeping it tidy and keeping it clean. Now, it's, it's like I say, it's a really nice personal way to add uh, a bit of character into your kitchen design through a bit of shelving. But if you don't want to clean it all the time and you don't want the maintenance potentially of having that open shelf or like you haven't got the discipline to not stack all your you know leaflets and whatever on there glazed doors and even doors are sort of a mesh in them rather than a solid door that's another trend that I'm really seeing becoming really popular in kitchen design that's a nice balance between open shelving and a cupboard I would say I think it's it's a great way as well to add some light into spaces because obviously you can really light glazed units in a beautiful way and break up sections of runs and wall units and larder units and add some a feature point without like you say it being a, a dust trap or a tendency to put your takeaway menus that have come through the door that kind of thing into it because they're behind a door it's not just an easy place to plunk something so they do tend to be well kept because they're behind a door so yeah there's a lot of options with that the fluted glass looks great because you've got some texture and they're not too open but you still get that light bounced around from them so there are a lot of options with that and it is a great alternative to to an open shelf if you don't want to go to the 
you know, the full open plan living. Now, I can't not mention breakfast cupboards. We've briefly mentioned it earlier. That is probably arguably one of the biggest trends in kitchen storage right now. Every kitchen I come across now seems to have a beautiful breakfast cupboard. It's an organizer's dream, and I love a bit of organization. So should we just first of all tell people what a breakfast cupboard is? So it tends to be a you know a double width larder around 1200 wide that gives you a really good uh, functional breakfast cupboard um, as a minimum. It will tend to have a nice piece of worktop in there that matches the rest of the kitchen. So again, you've got a really good hard-wearing workspace. People will put, sometimes they'll hide the microwave in there if they've not gone for a a built-in option. Toaster, tend not to put the kettle in there because obviously it's not an ideal space to put one because most people will go for a boiling water tap these days. And it will house cereals and bread and pasta jars, however you want to dress it internally. And then we would tend to put drawers below it, tend to be a a dovetail solid wood drawer box, because obviously when the doors are open, it looks really lovely. Or you can do a matching door on the drawers to your your kitchen. But it does tend to be a a really functional, family-friendly option where, like I mentioned before, kids can go get the snacks out, they can help themselves to breakfast. And we do tend to position them to the end of the kitchen. So it's out of the way of the, the working space. But yeah, they're, they're a great addition to a, a kitchen. <laughs> it's interesting that that breakfast cupboard and, you know, the larders and the dresses, which tr- could be seen as traditional sort of kitchen things. But obviously you can get them in a range of styles now. It's really interesting that that's a big trend now, isn't it? And I, I just wonder whether it's bringing that lifestyle it back into the kitchen and it's all an open plan space in lots of homes now and it's about creating a kitchen that's less kitchen like I think so I think kitchens have almost become furniture so whatever style you go for customers that we find are really keen on the textures and the colors and really making sure that it flows within the rest of the living space that it's you know it tends to be open to now um, it's not just a little room at the back of a staircase, you know, that, you know, one person's working in at any one time and the food just appears on the dining table in the next room anymore. Kitchens have almost become a furniture item. So the need to look and feel as nice as any other piece of furniture you've got in that space. Dining tables aren't a cheap option. Sofas aren't cheap. And the kitchen really needs to complement those items as well. And I think the breakfast cupboard, I would always recommend if a if you really want to invest in it is to go for some sort of pocket door hideaway mechanism because they do tend to get left open so that would be my biggest recommendation it is a bit more of an investment but it means the doors are away they're not impeding any walking space around that unit as well we've just designed a great modern one with pocket doors on it's a couple who are into the retirement but they want something for their grandchildren and that when they've got guests around that people can come and just help themselves to Almost like when you're in a hotel and you've got your continental breakfast. They just want people to come and help themselves and not feel like they're kind of uncomfortable in the kitchen area. They all function slightly differently for different people, but they've got a really good place within the kitchen space, I think. Now, before I let you go, I can't not mention the everything drawer as I'm deeming it. It's the drawer that everyone has in their kitchen. I don't care how organised you are or how slick your kitchen is. I think everyone has the drawer where 
spare keys go, random nuts and bolts and screws and screwdrivers that no one has any clue where they actually go in the house. Takeaway menus, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Everyone surely has one of those drawers. Please tell me that's the case. I think with how kitchens are being designed now, I think there is a little bit less of that. I know we've not got one anymore. But I think it's because of that, what we discussed earlier, where when we're putting the kind of the kitchen back together, once we're moving back into it, people are really thinking about everything having its place. I call it the Monica cupboard. I've always got a Monica cupboard from friends. I always have a a corner somewhere in the house with all of the crap thrown into it. My husband loves it. So what you're saying to me is that even if you don't have it in the kitchen, it's somewhere else in the house. (laughs) But again, with kind of dresser units becoming a little bit more in vogue again, there's always the little drawers at the bottom of those. And I'll always say to the customer, they'll go, well, those drawers are tiny, aren't they? It's like, well, it's a great one for chucking the keys into, for, you know, the little bits that get left over in a flat pack that you don't understand why you've got these bits left up that the furniture's still standing. There's always little bits of stuff, like you say, that you want to kind of chuck somewhere, but not, you don't have to open that drawer every time you want to get a spoon or a fork or something. So finding little places for that drawer is quite important if it is something that you do have. And it is something just to mention to your kitchen designer, like, can we just have a crap drawer? Because we need it as a family, we need it. So again, it's just you understanding how you live in your space and being really honest about it because we don't. I've never judged a customer on anything they've asked us for. I've never thought, God, what do you need that for? Why are you doing that? We're all so unique in how we live. So, yeah, just be honest with your kitchen designer and say, I need a crap drawer or a crap cupboard. I mean, that's going to be on my list because where (laughs) else you put all the spare batteries and all that sort of stuff? I've got no idea. Now, uh, before we round off, um, I ask every guest that comes on the podcast for their golden rule. So as a kitchen designer, what's your golden rule for good kitchen design? So when we set the business up, we wanted the customer to always be at the heart of everything that we do. So for us, our design revolves around each individual client. We really we do everything from super ultra modern to really traditional in frame in Georgian properties. We really try and make it unique to each individual client and really spend that time getting to know them and what they do. And I think that's really key with any kitchen design is that it works for the person that's going to be using it. So, yeah, there are golden rules, the triangle and all of that. But if that doesn't work for you, throw the rule book out of the window and find what does work for you with your designer and really spend that time making it unique for you. Because even if you're going to sell the house in 10 years time, 10 years is a hell of a long time to live with something that doesn't work for you. Find what is right for you, your family and your circumstances going forward as well. It's not nice to live in a space that doesn't function, (laughs) as we all found in lockdown. Well, I think that's a great place to end because function is at the heart of good kitchen design and at the heart of good storage. So, Kelly, thank you so much. It's been really great to chat. I do love a bit of storage chat, I have to say. So thank you for indulging me in that and sharing lots of great tips there, which I'm sure everyone listening will take on board and take into their kitchen design. And I think probably on my list now is to include a crap drawer on my wish list for my kitchen designer when I do get around to it. (laughs) Yeah, either that or I need a serious declutter. But thank you again. It's been lovely.
Thank you again to Kelly for sharing all those storage insights. Really great advice in there if you are about to embark on a kitchen renovation. So I hope you found that really useful. I also noted the things she said about retrofitting storage solutions like those pull out and pull down racks in which you could really improve your storage situation without having to redo your whole space, which I think was a great idea and something worth considering if you are looking around your kitchen and struggling for places to put things you could actually have a simple solution right there if you've got space in your cupboard to fit one of those internal mechanisms so have a look around and see whether that could potentially work for you Thank you, as always, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, if you are curious about Helen Skelton's kitchen and want to take a look around it, designed by Kelly herself, head to these3rooms.com forward slash real projects to see it in all its glory. Or you can access the November 2021 issue on Readly if you have a subscription there and find the full story in that issue too. In a few episodes time, I'm going to be answering your questions. So if you're planning a new kitchen or bathroom and have a dilemma you need some help with, please email your question to me at hello at these3rooms.com and hopefully I'll be able to help you out. But for now, thank you again and I shall chat to you again soon on how to buy a kitchen or bathroom, the podcast.